This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Get a Casper mattress and get a great night's sleep. Try it for 100 nights risk-free. Go to casper.com slash Glenn and use the promo code Glenn. Get $50 towards the purchase of your mattress. Terms and conditions do apply. Hello, America. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. I am JP. And I am Jason Butchel, Glenn's head writer. And what do you do, JP? I'm Glenn's managing TV producer and just like the all around. I walk around just for fun and... Yeah, look busy. Speaking of someone walking around just for fun, Glenn is not here today. I think he's walking around for fun somewhere. He's actually on his way back from his Thanksgiving holiday. Um, but that, as usual, does not mean that he didn't send us a slew of stuff to look at today. We've got a lot. There's a lot that happened last week. A ton of stuff to talk about. Um, we have Castro. Yep. We have the recount coming on. Uh, we also had today, um, I know that everyone's probably watching this. The Ohio but State shooting. Ohio State shooting. Well, uh, I guess it wasn't a shooting. Uh, yeah, that's what he used yeah. a car and a knife. Supposedly. Act, active shooter with a car and knife. Yeah, we'll talk yeah. more about it. Yeah, <laughs> um, a lot of stuff to go over. Um, we also have a lot of good shows coming up this week. Tomorrow is history. Uh, Alan Turing. Alan Turing. That's yep. actually a really really cool really story. Can't wait for you to see that. And the vault on Wednesday. The vault is what Glenn's been talking about for months. Is the pendulum? And we actually had the author come in. He's talked about it on radio, and it's it's an incredible series. We have a few episodes, and the first one airs on Wednesday. Make sure you tune in for that too. A ton of stuff to get to. Let's get to that right now. So, um, how was everybody's Thanksgiving? This was the first holiday since the election has been over. Any good conversations that anybody is willing to share? And... Um, yeah, uh, my entire Thanksgiving was, as usual, my wife yelling at me trying to get off the couch, which I do a very good job of not doing. Uh, it's football day. Well, you Come couldn't on. get off the couch for a while because them cowboys Oh my gosh, were... that's a good game. Uh, speaking Incredible. of, I, I have to talk trash and introduce uh, Mateen sitting here with us today. And you hey, can Mateen. see the hat that he's wearing. Um, Dez caught it, by the way. <laughs> that was totally a catch. <laughs> sure. Totally. How you guys have had a great year, haven't you? Oh, man. Yeah. No, it's quite the opposite. But, you know, maybe the Badgers will make the college playoffs, and that'll make me feel good. Oh, there you go. Mm, that's, that's good. Uh, yeah. So Thanksgiving. Anyways, election stuff. Did everybody have a conversation about the election with their families? Not a. Well, you don't count because you're from British, you know, Britain Island. <laughs> you're, you're from, from British. British. Okay. Did it, I can so speak it, English. It, it didn't, <laughs> so. so it didn't come up at all? No. No? No. We avoided politics like the plague. Really? Yeah. We no. don't talk politics. Is your family split? Yeah, very split. I think that's common pretty much with every family nowadays. Yeah. I, like, half my family was one way, the other half was the other way. Very reluctantly so. Yeah, strangest time ever. It was fun. It was, you know. Uh, yeah, we we pretty much banned it. We didn't talk about it. That's good. Yeah, I mean, it was nice for a change. We tried. Didn't last long though. Really? Yeah, it was good. Um, so a lot happened last week. Oh my gosh! Uh, top, one of the top stories. Caleb, you want to hit that one? Uh, Fidel Castro is dead. Yeah. Uh, after, <laughs> after sixty years of his uh, or six decades of his dep- depotism. Despotism. Despotism. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you, Bowie. You do know English, <laughs> don't you? I do. Um, he is dead. I thought Ted Cruz made a good point in his National Review article. Just because Fidel is dead doesn't mean the right. Castros are dead. Right. They still control Cuba. Um, I actually uh, put together this cool montage 
of reactions we saw from this week, and it sought one. This is kind of where I wanted to start off with this Castro news. Roll that beautiful. So, Mom, news. you just found out Fidel Castro is dead. Your TV. Good time. <laughs> this have been a long time. Ninety years old. Night. Time to go. Ida, Ida, se murió Fidel. ¿Eh? Se, se murió Fidel. ¿Se murió Fidel? Se, se murió Fidel. ¿Qué es esto? Ven, cuéntame, ¿qué es esto? ¿Qué es esto? ¿Qué es esto? La bandera, se cayó Fidel Castro. Se cayó Fidel Castro. Se cayó el caballo. Wow, that's incredible. Wow. So, that's incredible. What I love about that last one is even if you don't speak Spanish, you know exactly what was happening there. Yeah. And the story behind that one is she was she actually lived through Castro's reign. That's uh, the woman's mother right there. But she's also suffering through Alzheimer's right now. Wow. But even when she mentioned Fidel Castro is dead, you could see that smile appear. She recognized who he was and the significance of it. That's incredible. Mm. Yeah, I, th- there's such a stupid misconception about. I, I, I can't. I, to the, for the life of me, I cannot understand the liberal love affair with the Castros. I mean, I, I really do not get it. And today, you'll see people wearing Che Guevara shirts, you mm-hmm. know, and they don't. I mean, it's what's funny and what's so hypocritical about it is a lot of them are probably um, anti-capital uh, punishment. But Che Guevara was literally the guy that led capital punishment right. for the Castros. I mean, and that's putting it lightly. I mean, he, he was the I mean, they were executions. They were yeah. straight-up executions. Um, yeah. One yeah. of the articles that we were looking at this morning, you know, pointed out the fact that uh, none of these people who seemed to champion him or seemed to, to like him in some way actually had to live under his regime, you know? Yeah. It's a lot different. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like if I was a socialist, I would want to separate myself as far away from Castro as possible. Be like, that's, that's not socialism as practiced well. What he did was wrong. But you get the opposite reaction. Mm-hmm. You get people who still embrace him and try to dismiss that part of the history. Just dismiss and straight up try to rewrite it. Right. Like they, they try Almost to say, like he was a good guy. He was, yeah. he was actually a good guy. And they try to say that he was never a communist. He was like a reluctant communist because of uh, Western uh, you know, aggression, and he had to become communist because right. he was looking for allies like the, like the Soviet Union, mm-hmm. which is total bull. Mm-hmm. Like he and his brother and Che were all in exile in Mexico City. They were diehard communists from day one. So they, they weren't just reluctant. They, they were always this way. Yeah. Well, that happened. Remember, in the Cuban Revolution, they came out saying, you know, once we overthrow Batista was a dictator at the time. We're going to have free elections. We'll have a free press. Uh, and they won the revolution in 59. And then they were like, yeah, just kidding. We're Marxist-Leninist. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. everything runs through us. And on that little history lesson, Eisenhower at the time was actually, he, he was kind of anti-Bautista as well. Um, so when this uprising came up with the Castros and Che, they, they, we pretty much just kind of let it happen. We were like, okay, fine. You know, we're kind of sick of Batista. We're going to let this happen. So we didn't even do anything. It wasn't until later on that we started getting freaked out when all of a sudden the Castro started nationalizing all commercial, you know, uh, Western-owned uh, businesses, when they started nationalizing all that. And then pretty soon that's when the execution started. 
um, and it all went downhill from there. Mm -hmm. But you had an interesting story because Castro was uh, portrayed as this man of the people. But he wasn't really a man of the people, was he? Not at all. Every communist dictator is always portrayed as this man of the people. Um, So before I get to Castro, we saw this with Mao. It was so funny. Mao um, came to power by leading uh, a peasant uprising. But he did not live as a peasant once he came into power. He lived in the palace. He had an indoor swimming pool built into the palace when everybody else was starving to death around him. He had like a harem, basically, at the time living with him. Stalin was the same way. Che was no different. He did the exact same thing. He had uh, the, the most beautiful women that he, he would marry one, cheat on her, marry another one, cheat on her, marry another one, uh, lived in the lap of luxury, and the entire time everyone else is living in poverty. I mean, that's just the story. That, that just is always how it goes. I tell you what, the only reason we did not do anything against uh, the Castro regime and, and, and get rid of them once and for all is because of the Cuban Missile Crisis. After the Cuban Missile Crisis, we cut a deal with Khrushchev and said, look, um, we promise not to overthrow this regime. We promise to leave it alone, let, it, let them do their thing, if you promise not to put nuclear weapons on Cuba. That is the only reason. Now, what we should have done is after the fall of the Soviet Union, we should have reneged and said, no, mm-hmm. screw that. Now we're going to fix this problem. Right. That's what we should have done. And that's the thing is after the Soviet Union fell in 91, Cuba's economy crashed because they lost all that Soviet aid. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and who picked it up after that? We did. No. We, well, Venezuela. Yeah, but for the longest time, without a superpower backing them, they were getting choked off. And it was until, uh, what, two years ago now that we decided to open up relations with Cuba? They were near their wits end there. Okay, mm-hmm. something to add to that. And that's what makes the uh, rapprochement with them all the more just stupid, is because after the Soviet Union fell, Cuba was done. Like, they were done. They had no other backer. But... That's when the Chavez-Venezuela oil money started going into Cuba, and they propped them up. If they wouldn't have been there to save the day, Cuba would have went down, and they probably would have had a democratic, friendly to the U.S. government went out. But they propped them up. Now, what happened to Venezuela? Ridiculous inflation. They're going down the tubes. They could not prop up Cuba anymore. The moment that happened, again, we had them. We had them. But we guess in. who stepped in? Someone that probably, all, all, that allegedly, probably, always admired Castro and what they were able to pull off and their movement, Obama stepped in and saved the day. If he wouldn't have done that, again, we would have had them. Well, I thought, but I he thought, stepped in and saved I the day. I thought the uh, American, you know, American reaction to it was interesting, especially, I know, I mean, so many people hate Trump, but I thought Trump's reaction was like 10 times better than what our president did. Uh, president Obama's, I think we have that statement up, uh, it's FS1, and his, his response was more very, like, Ah, yeah, so Castro died. You know, it's sad. Hopefully the friendship can continue on, and we've done great work there. And then if you go to Trump's, Trump's statement, uh, FS3, it was uh, pretty much the total opposite, which was he was a horrible man. And it's, you know, I, I just think it's interesting to see. And again, it's just, it's kind of a breath of fresh air to see someone who's not willing to go with the diplomatic side of it. Again, Trump, Trump's an idiot, but... It's, it's, it was good to see that and just a breath, breath of fresh air to see somebody speak the truth besides our own government right now who says, hey, you know, he's not... To play devil's advocate and defend the president, like, now that we have decided to open up relationships, he can't... He doesn't want to come out there and just, to use poor term, and not piss them off. But he, 
he just he just completely ignored it. He, that's that's the main and thing. That's like, the problem. You know, you can still keep those relations. You know, t- talk about the great things that you've you've done with them. Hopefully, opening up that relationship. But you need to make sure that you don't put Castro above everybody else. And you say, look, I think you, you guys have been under so much suffering. And that's why we did what we did two years ago. Yeah, there, there's definitely a balance there. Right. Especially since Cuban-Americans are rejoicing. Yeah. And holding rallies and all of Miami's Taking down lit people right now. like uh, Kaepernick. <laughs> yeah. You know, Which having, was fantastic. A, having a great time. Um, yeah, he should have showed more of a balanced approach it's in yeah. statement. Way worse than Obama's statement. You have a story on the Canadian prime ministers. Oh, it's like oh my gosh. the yeah. worst. What yeah, he had. Uh, it was it was pretty bad. He said, um, "Is it FS two? FS two? Oh, we got it up here. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So Trudeau, who Castro was a friend of his father's, apparently, um, he called him a legendary revolutionary and orator. Mr. Hmm. Castro made significant improvements to the education and health care of his island nation. Uh, they always want to go there to the the health care, you know, as if that was the because <laughs> the they have great health care up there. Um, so, but it did trigger some, some pretty funny, uh, statements on, on Twitter, uh, it trended this hashtag true Trudeau eulogies. eulogies. I can't even say that. Um, <laughs> oh, I think we have these too. Oh, we have these. Okay. My, my favorite one I think is, uh, while controversial, Darth Vader achieved great heights in space construction and played a formative role in his son's life. <laughs> That's so great. Yeah. His, yeah. his father was, um, was Pierre? Trudeau? Yes. Yeah. yeah, his father was, a, he, he was the one that said, look, when I die, I want Castro to be one of my pallbearers. Yeah. And it was at that time, I believe, that Castro became best buds with, uh, was it Jimmy Carter at the time? So they kind of started their thing. I, it's, it's just amazing, this liberal love affair with, with brutal dictators. Yeah. It's so insane. Well, and back to Obama for a second. I mean, I agree. He, the, I understand what you're saying. Absolutely. He's the president. You got to kind of strike a tone there. But I think you, he missed an opportunity to give a shout out to Cuban Americans. You know, I mean, a the lot ones that of people have been oppressed that, that for risk, so long risk their lives to yeah. escape that and make a life for themselves here. It, it was a good opportunity to, uh, while not completely slamming the door on future relations with Cuba, to mm-hmm. point out again that hey, this is a brutal regime, and we need to continue to work to try to change this. Yeah, for Cuba. Marco Rubio made some know. great points uh, Sunday, on, I think it was Meet the Press, where he said. It's, we have to re- look at how we're opening relationships because um, like some of these banking regulations that we've opened up to them, we need to make it conditional on stuff. Because people, uh, I've heard some people uh, say, well, Raul Castro is going to be more uh, moderate and stuff. I was like, the younger Castro. The younger Castro is 85. Raul's 85. <laughs> He's not changing his ways. He's trying to solidify the Castro's rule for generations to come and help their family. So we... We've missed opportunities in the past, but we have to take this opportunity to put pressure on reform. Yeah, I, this this is all part of the Obama um, legacy tour. I mean, I, I don't think that he even he even thought this out far enough. I really just think that he saw this as another you know notch on his legacy belt. Uh, I really do. But yeah, I, I totally think that. Um, I, I don't know. I, I yeah, we don't want to piss them off. He doesn't want to piss them off. But I think there's a I think there's a golden opportunity here for um, Trump to keep actually the economic stuff in there because I kind of like that capitalism in the end at the in the end wins the day that's that's the big the best insurgency you need just just let our culture seep in and do and do do its job at the end I think it will
Many of us thought that this freaking election was over and done with Ugh. and we could move on. Um, yeah, um, we're cursed, apparently. Um, but something is going on. But before I get to that, how many of you guys remember uh, Hillary Rodham Clinton saying this? To say you won't respect the results of the election, that is a direct threat to our democracy. The peaceful transfer of power is one of the things that makes America, America. Well, apparently that was a bunch of hot air because, Caleb, what the heck is going on right now? You guys can't use words that were taken from a long time ago against somebody. Mm -mm. So, uh, well, first let me give some context to that. So the the campaign of Green Party nominee Jill Stein has officially asked for a recount in Wisconsin. She deserves it. It is going to happen. It could happen as soon as this week. Um, It's a done deal. Yeah, it's, it's happening. Yeah. Uh, but Wisconsin has to have the recount done by the 13th so that their electors can count because the electors vote on the 19th in Congress, or they go to Congress to vote. Um, but the 19th? Or yeah. The 12th? December. Bummer. Like double. It no, might have yeah, been the 12th, right. but I think it's the yeah. 19th. Yeah, electors will meet on December 19th to cast their votes in the electoral oh, college. that's a bummer. But I... I didn't tell anybody about this beforehand, but I'm going to take a different approach. I'm actually going to defend Hillary here. Ooh. Oh, um, gosh. What? Because if you, if you, if you see what their, their team is actually saying, um, so the, the guy in charge of the Clinton legal team, Mark Eric Elias, wrote a Medium post. And he said, and I'll quote him, because we had not uncovered any actionable evidence of hacking or outside attempts to alter the voting technology, we had not planned to exercise this option ourselves, the option of going for a recount. But now that a recount has been initiated in Wisconsin, we intend to participate in order to ensure the process proceeds in a manner that is fair to all sides. So what is happening is just traditionally what happens. If a recount's going to happen, they're going to send representatives on the ground to ensure the process is carried out fairly. So... The Clinton campaign didn't start this, but they're just going to go ahead and be there for it. So we're supposed to believe that they didn't start this, that Jill Stein, who got like five right. votes, well, is now we're so just concerned. I am speculating. But again, like, why the heck would Jill Stein do this? There's right. no way that it would there do anything no for her. Well, I mean, has anyone seen? Well, uh, Jason I mean, had a theory. What's, uh, what's he in it had for an her? article on a theory of why they're doing this. Well, yeah, I was, was reading, I think it was in the American Thinker. They're talking about, look, what the, what the heck do they want out of this? Even if they do a recount and she loses Wisconsin, let's say they do another recount and she and, and so, she and she or some, she wins Wisconsin, she wins Michigan, some context. She and has, what, Pennsylvania. Jill Stein has raised money to request a a, a recount in Pennsylvania as of this Ugh. time. That hasn't happened yet, and there hasn't been a request to for a recount in Michigan. So if <clears throat> if they do a recount in Wisconsin and it there's no history that it would flip the vote. It's never happened before. Uh, but if it did, it still wouldn't be enough for Hillary to win. Even, well, even if with Philly also? She'd have, to win, they, she'd have to flip Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Which she still wouldn't. But in that case, it would be a bracelet. No one gets a 270. Isn't that correct? No, if she so, took all three, she's but, past 270. But she's not going to take all no. three. And so, there's only a request for a recount in one state right now. But what I was reading was, is that the possible theory was, is that they might be trying to get it to where nobody gets a 270. So they're all kind of like Trump at 200 and something, but her at 100 What happens and in that case? Let's and go it, well, that. well, that's what, that's what they were saying. So the only... if, if they do, then if no one gets to it, it then goes to the House. Then in the House, basically what we, we hold the House. So what they're going to do is they're going to turn right back around and say, okay, 
well, we're still giving it to Trump. Trump's the president-elect, so they're going to give it to him. Uh-huh. In that case, liberals can now say for the next four years, look, there's a guy that's the, the president now that lost the popular vote. He lost the electoral college. Now he's basically illegitimate, but he's so is this snuck like in. So like a last-ditch effort for, for the Democrats? And basically just to, After de- losing to so delegitimize him and make him look bad, yeah. pretty much. Got it. Yeah. Now, but, what took so long, though? Why, why the why timing? Why now? Yeah, why is it now versus two days after the election? I, f- I feel like in a couple weeks this won't be a story anymore, so it's just going to be hot air. Well, unless it is. Unless because it is. Trump continues to carry the story because his yeah. ego well, on and Twitter. Oh, my gosh. We have that uh, yeah. it's, uh, full screen, I think, four and five. Just, just somebody that, yeah. gave this to it. It says, in addition to winning the Electoral College by a landslide, I won the popular vote if you deduct the millions of people who voted illegally. So he should be supporting a recount. No, so basically, so, yeah, well. so basically yeah. he made he the is. case that it was a fraudulent election right, right there. Sure. That Trump made the case for, yes, you should do a recount. So, yeah, that wasn't his goal, but, but he just, just made the case. Wisconsin. His statement right there would be conducive to a recount in all 50 states. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. a national recount. He's, he, I don't think he's realized he's just calling for a national recount mm-hmm. of votes. If there, and again, there is zero evidence yeah. that there is... You always have, um, you have always have mistakes in the system. There's uh, technical difficulties, user error, but those always account for less than 1% of the vote, not enough to affect the outcome of an election. But if he's alleging that there's 2 to 3 million, with yeah. zero, first with zero evidence, he's calling for a national but recount. Look, look what happened. For a little while, we were like, okay, great, he's going to be presidential on his Twitter feed. And when he stood up for, for Pence, I was like, go for it. I'm totally for standing up for Pence after all that crap happened with um, Hamilton. But it was, it was like, okay, somebody was not paying attention on this one because they let him go on his iPhone and tweet like crazy. And he was like, guys, what the heck did you do? Somebody has got to rein this guy in because he's looking even more like an idiot. And, so, and just to, to bring more context, uh, from 2000 to 2015, we have held... 4,687 statewide general elections. Of those, uh, there's only been 27 requests for recounts. And out of those 27, only three times has the person who appeared to lose gone up and winning. One of those huh. was Al Franken, his Minnesota Senate race in 2008. Uh, one was a Vermont 2006 auditor election. And one <laughs> was the 2004 gubernatorial race in Washington. Three times wow. in the last 15 years where a recount ended up in the vote flipping. So your so, perspective, like, what, what do you think is going to happen? I think they'll do a recount in Wisconsin. Trump will come out to be the winner again, and story's over. And all of this began, really, I think, where there, there was, a, was it a group of computer scientists that sent a letter that said there might be... Stati- there's, oh, they, there was no hard evidence. They said it was statistical. Statistical analysis said that they think that there might have been some kind of, what, like... Hacking or something Difference like that in electronic voting versus paper ballot voting. But again, there was not enough hard evidence for that. There yeah, was just no theoretical, at all. Statistics, theoretical statistical analysis. Was it, was it 538 that came out and said, look, like, this, is, this analysis is way off? The New York Times, The Upshot, all of them came out and said there's not enough hard evidence here. Wow. I'm at a loss. I mean, this is just ridiculous. It, it just keeps on and keeps on going. Yeah. They're not going to let this... Let and this end. basically what Trump needs to do is he should have just ignored it. He's yeah. making yeah. the problem yep. worse by sending out these crazy tweets alleging voter fraud. Well, that's one of the things that, I, I, you know, we hear this argument a lot for people who want to hope that 
Trump will be okay, you know, that, oh, he's surrounding himself with great people. But not one of these great people has the sense to say, you're not allowed to be on Twitter anymore. I mean, you know what I mean? Well, again, you gotta, it's only been three weeks. So, like, you got to, again, Are you I had this conversation. He has to come off Twitter slowly. I had, no, 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 no. I'm saying they probably weren't focused on saying, hey, don't get on Twitter. You know, so I'm, I, again, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're kind of, we do that to Glenn sometimes. <laughs> right? Like, yo, man, you need to stay off Twitter this week. Uh, yeah. And he listens. So I think yeah. Trump should probably listen to his handlers. Also, Trump stuff is very, we don't lie to Glenn when we're telling him something. We're just straight up with him. You had the story of Manafort lying to Trump saying, hey, the plane's not working. We have to spend another night in Indiana so he could run into Pence at that dinner. Then you had the story of uh, Priebus that just came out. The reason oh, they, yeah. that for, they first canceled that New York Times interview was because Priebus told them the New York Times was trying to change the deal. They didn't change it. Now you have that Kellyanne Conway story and the contradictions with Romney. It's like, it feels like Trump's staff isn't completely being honest yeah, with him. Yeah, the, the Conway thing, I, I don't, that's something else I don't get. I mean, yeah, because, that was awkward. Well, yeah, I mean, and like you, what we were talking about this morning, saying that she is basically a hired gun. She does she what she's told yeah, on this so stuff. So someone is telling her to come out and slam Romney. This is, this is, there's something else going on. There's <clears> some <throat> kind of strategy. I, I, I was kind of thinking that, look, Trump is still looking for revenge. He's, he still wants to screw people. Ted Cruz... What was he doing at that meeting when he, you know, when they had like a multi, several hour, yeah, meeting, and then he gave the the job to uh, Sessions right after he left. But Ted Cruz and Sessions are good friends, so Ted Cruz might have been giving, hey, you should probably choose Sessions. I think the fact that somebody leaked out the story that he might be AG could have, you know, could go to what you were saying. Yeah, well, I mean, if he if he's trying to drag Romney through the mud and basically like setting him up for all this junk and then, you know, setting him up basically to be slammed later on. Kind of makes sense. All right, so the Dakota Access Pipeline. Yes. Protests still continuing. They're saying they're going to go through the winter, even though it gets to zero degrees in North Dakota. Ooh, so that would be fun that's for them. going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, Did so... bonfires? Yeah, right next to an oil pipeline. <laughs> <laughs> All right, basically, the uh, main protest is the... The, how close it is to the water source of the... Um, the reservoir, like their main the source of The standing rock yes. people. Yep. Um, but in a Time article, it says that they don't even own the land. And also, the Army Corps consulted with them 389 times. Yeah, they had representatives there from their tribe in every meeting. Wait, I thought it was over, like, they were mad because they were bringing the pipeline over a burial ground. No, that was it's something completely water. different. Yeah. yeah, I tell you what, there's so many different layers to this, so and this thing understand. stinks to high heaven. Yeah. So I remember we were looking into this for like a show, like I don't know, like a month or so ago when this first came out. Did you guys see the video of uh, like they showed the protesters getting bit by dogs mm-hmm. and yeah. all that stuff? What? So th- that's all they showed. They didn't show the lead up to that. So basically, the protesters like broke down the barricades, went onto this land illegally. It's it's not Indi- uh, it's yeah. not Native American land. It's uh, it's own. It's like government land. I yeah, think. no Native American group owns the land at right. all. Who, who owns so it? So they, they know. Uh, it's I think it's government. I think it's like government land. Okay, I think. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I don't. So it's not burial grounds. It's water supply. Yeah, it's federal land. 
Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, but, so then, so they, the protesters broke down the barricades. They went in and started hurling rocks, and, all, and ca- they were carrying sticks to charge the people that were standing guard of, like, the construction equipment, like the Jeez. bulldozers and stuff. But they didn't show any of that. What they showed was, after the fact, during the melee, while the people, basically, the people that were guarding it were scared for their lives. Yeah. And they did have, like, they had, like, guard dogs, but they had the guard dogs there to protect their lives. I mean, it was a legitimate... You know, protection these were of these were employees of the construction company that were there with dogs. Right. Okay. Yeah. So they're just everyday citizens, not the police officers, not, not anything like that. Like security guards. Yeah. Or something okay. like that. That's insane. So we started looking at that, and we were like, "What the heck is going on here?" And so the more we dug into it, the more that we started to see. Like, I don't, I don't remember if it was Democracy Now or one of those groups were involved with, you know, gathering this protest. Um, I don't know if they, basically I don't know if they were paid, but it's it's like these are professional protest rabble rousers that are that are making this happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you look further into it, and weren't they like weren't they sit through several meetings? Didn't the uh, the Native American tribes sit through multiple meetings, Bowie? Yeah, with these people. Three hundred eighty-nine. Three hundred eighty-nine meetings. Uh, they, they knew everything that the, like it's not even they're saying that it was because of the water, but they have a separate main water supply that's I think just about to go active. Yeah. So the water isn't even the issue. And once they brought that up, they started saying, I think because of the burial ground, they started saying that there was um, uh, Native American artifacts that were in the way. They went out and did an investigation to, to look at these Native American artifacts so they could you know, kind of dig around it. Mm-hmm. They weren't even there. It was a complete lie. Really? Yeah. Wow. So it looks to be a much larger story. Now, what about... More like, about blocking the, the, the oil. Now celebrities are getting involved, so that's like... And they don't even know what the issue is. No. It's, what, it's a complete what was, the, what was the one celebrity that just came out recently, and she was, like, bawling? Shailene Woodley, yeah. She, I think she was in those movies that attention. really did incredible in the theaters. What was I they, mean, she's a really great actress. Let's not go there, I think. <laughs> <laughs> she had one good movie. Uh, the movie with George Clooney? The one movie. One movie. Top notch acting. But what was yeah, it? She was also in uh, Jason's favorite movie, Snowden. Uh, oh, was oh, she really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> I will walk out of here. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't she in Fault Under Our Stars or something? F- yeah. Fall of Our... You know what I'm talking about. Fault, that hipster movie. The hipster that did movie? really well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She like dies from cancer or you something? Cried yes. That, didn't she? I cried. <laughs> for sure. Anyway, so yeah, she's involved. Mark Ruffalo. He's involved in all those things, though. Right. But he's the Hulk. Give him a pass. <laughs> and 13 going on 30. So. And also, well, okay, yes. You're right. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how long these protests, whether they go through the winter or not. I but mean, th- what, this, what if, this thing is definitely winning in social media. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, regardless of what's real or what's fake... I mean, we all know that did you fake see news was, is, is winning in oh, social media right now. Like, that was, that was really good thing. <laughs> this guy's first time on Think Tank, and he's killing that it. That was a killer sound. Because we are. We're going to talk about some of the fake, guy, fake news. <laughs> fake news. What is all this fake news that's going around? Uh, well, the Washington Post just put out an article uh, four days ago about uh, Russian propaganda and their efforts to help spread fake news. And they, here's just to quote one line of it. Russians increasingly sophisticated propaganda machinery including thousands of botnets, teams of paid human trolls, and networks of websites and social media accounts echoed and amplified right-wing sites across the Internet as they portrayed Clinton as a criminal hiding potentially fatal health problems. Well, I mean, well, and so I mean, on and so that, on. That's not, that's not fake news. So, but, that's what, but there is paid Russian trolls that's been widely reported on. Yeah. I think there's probably um, they paid are, American trolls as well. They are targeting, they are targeting <laughs> websites. But the, 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 the thing that was dangerous about this to me is so Washington Post published this article, and they quoted some random website called Propernot. I think it's called Propernot. 
And they've even developed like a like an app, or like a plugin for your web browser to where like when you're scrolling through Proper it'll nice. say oh this is fake or whatever. And they also significantly labeled like multiple different outlets like Drudge Report I think was on there, um, a few others. But I don't know. It just they did they wouldn't name who Proper Not was. They wouldn't name, they just said they were specialists or analysts. They wouldn't say what their methods were. It says uh, Proper Not is a nonpartisan collection of researchers with foreign policy, military and technology backgrounds planned uh, to release this uh, report on fake news. See, so. now, you have, to, you have to give us more than that, or this just seems like fake news. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's very serving to a biased, mainstream media, liberal media base. Well, do you think fake news doesn't exist? No. Because I, I just saw, I saw a friend of mine, liked a, um, it came up on my Facebook feed, liked a post and said, Donald Trump names Trey Gowdy as attorney general. I was like... Yeah. Wait, he already named Attorney General, and it definitely wasn't Gowdy, and that happened like two weeks ago. Like, yeah. No, there's definitely fake news. I'm just more worried about what could come from this. Like, everyone's going to say, well, we need to have more of a controlled you know, system. So, you know, you need to make sure the, I mean, that's conspiracy theorist in me, but it, do, it does kind of scare me a little bit. If there's so much fake news, and now they're coming out saying, you know, there, there's a lot of fake news. We need to do something about it. We need uh, to stop it. I don't think that's scary at all because people have come out against bloggers. But, Some people have said but, they need like, a license. But to... could it not turn into a controlled media? It could. Yeah. I think the best response came from our very own Leon Wolf, who said, the problem isn't fake news. The problem is people are too lazy to do their own research. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're just click, mm-hmm. like, share, you know, yeah. without double, maybe triple checking your source. Like, you see an article with an interesting catching headline, Double check that someone else is reporting the same thing before you share it. I like to share a lot of things from The Onion and Babylon Bee because they, they tell the news and it's, it's always correct how they do it, you know? They're, they're legit. Well, I just see, I see that, like, we all know that trust in the media is an all-time low. It's an all-time low. Yeah. And now, as they're trying to get, like, more credibility back, th- stuff like this Washington Post article are going to be used as, like, a weapon. They're weaponizing the fake news allegation. So, basically, if you're a competitor... They can turn right back around and say, oh, well, you're fake news because you have been influenced by Russian propaganda or right. whatever. And I just, I, I, I'm sorry, but, I, but Jeff Bezos owns Washington Post. We know he has a huge beef with Donald Trump. Um, the sides, we know what the sides are. We know who the liberal media is. We know who the, you know, the right-leaning media is. Every, you know, we, the, the sides and their, you know, and their, um, you know, their loyalties also are very to, directly you have defined. To, you have to separate editorial boards from the news operation. Because the Times, the Washington Post, they still do a lot of great journalism. But I think sometimes we too often look at their editorial boards, which are heavily liberal, and go, it's a liberal paper. Well, th- we shouldn't discount the good work they do. Right. Yeah. Do, do, do your own homework. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. But yeah. then um, this other article, uh, some of you may have seen this morning about the Facebook face, fake news. Mm-hmm. And they apparently got rid of their editorial board. Yeah. You know, to, fil- to sort of try to filter the news after that whole controversy this summer about how they were possibly uh, filtering out conservative articles or whatever. So now they don't even have one, and so now some of this fake news stuff is filtering into Facebook as well, like you, the example you mentioned earlier. So, um, I, you know, that's a problem if everybody gets their news from Facebook and they don't even have an editorial team to help keep fake news out. Mitty, I'm curious about your opinion on that because you do a lot with uh, our social media and all that stuff. Do, do you ever see like uh, Facebook not showing some of our stuff, like deliberately trying to? No, that doesn't happen. No, n- not across Glenn or the Blaze or anything that we've done. I mean, suppression 
that was the biggest thing that we were discussing over the summer. Are they suppressing conservative news? And, you know, when we went out there, they vehemently said, no, we're not suppressing it. Um, but to your point, they should probably be suppressing fake news, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and a lot of this North Dakota, you know, pipeline access stuff, we're seeing it in all of our news feeds. I think it's also post-Thanksgiving. Native Americans, what, what are you thankful for post-Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm. I see this sort of trending away, actually, yeah. going into Christmas. Hmm. How do you, how do you who, ter- who determines who is fake or not? I mean, how do you suppress something like that? Apparently, someone's going to have to do the homework for people that are unwilling to do homework. Because to Caleb's point, people like and share without actually digging into but the But then article. it comes back to, do we become a, a government I, that controls that? Which is... That's well, it scary. depends. Like, I, I think right now Facebook's trying to take their own efforts right now, which that's up to Facebook if they want to start to filter that. Um, but I think we should, we, should, we should push back against government control of filtering. If private companies want to filter their own stuff, then they're free to do that. Nathan, what do you got? So over the weekend, uh, I saw a great editorial. Um, that's a, an opinion piece for people. That are... <laughs> in the Boston Globe <laughs> about not being offended, uh, had some great, great points. His point was essentially that Americans have their feelings stuck out there just waiting to be, uh, get their feelings hurt all the time. He said, choosing not to be offended can be wonderfully, wonderfully refreshing. Uh, he used the example of Vice President Pence's reaction after that Ham- Hamilton thing, mm-hmm. you know, and he was basically like, yeah, it was a great show. I'm not offended. Yeah. Uh, he apparently turned to his kids and said, hey, that's, that's what freedom looks like. You know, yep. the, the fact that they're protesting his being there, and that's a good, uh, healthy thing. We need more of that. Um, I'll also like this line that he says. He says, unfortunately, picking at scabs has become a national pastime. And I thought, you know, that is such a great point. Hmm. And no, no country flogs itself over its sins more than the United States. And at a certain point, you've got to... To be able to move forward, you've got to drop those resentments. You know? What do you guys think? No, I totally agree. I, I think that um, like instances of like what you were just talking about, picking at scabs and just let, and looking, for, looking forward, my kids are the part of a generation that are the most pure and clean I think we've had in a while. Like if, if we didn't have people like Jesse Jackson or stuff like that, or people like that, always pointing this stuff out and reminding mm-hmm. our, our youth that they're, that they're different because of the pigment of their skin, Right. Just ridiculous. Leave it alone. Stop talking about all this junk from the past, and let's look. Let's move forward because they're at that perfect age. Like right now, like I've had to explain it to them after they've heard friends talk about it at school. Mm-hmm. Like they had no clue. Like it's almost like when once they hear that, hear people talking about it, then I have to have the discussion with them. They're all of a sudden it turns this like dark thing on in their head. Like oh, you mean we're different? Yeah. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they had no idea before, but yeah. the more they keep doing this, we're never going to go forward. Right. Good point. Wow, that was a good point. Great. There's a lull. <laughs> Glenn's not here. Um, so, you, Space Wars, well, I want to go over this really quick. Yeah, not to knock all your stories, but this is the coolest one of the day, honestly. Okay, so the next area of war is going to be in space. Okay, we all knew that. We saw Star Wars. <laughs> I did not. What? Oh, my Let's goodness. Let's not go there. Yeah. Okay, so. Moving on. She probably hasn't seen Goonies either. I mean, I've seen she's Goonies. British. So many people haven't seen Goonies. Goonies never die. Anyways. Okay, so without satellites, TVs go blank, cell networks gone, 
There are no time stamps for things like in the stock market. You, like foreign leaders can't communicate, all these crazy things. Apparently the Russians deploy satellites that like fly up next to our satellites and just kind of travel with them until mm. they're told to destroy our satellites. And China has the same things. You're kidding. No. Oh. And we have the same things and safeguards against it. Oh, look okay, at this. Jason. <laughs> let's go, Jason. Really quick. Let's let's hear what you let's hear the rebuttal. Without getting into specifics, but yeah, we we've all got our own countermeasures and stuff like that. We can take it there. But the reason being is that it's mutually assured destruction. It's just like nuclear warfare. They're not going to take away our capabilities, partly because if they do, we provide almost the entire world with GPS systems. They are just addicted to that as we are. They're just as addicted to telecommunications as we are. Right. They're not going to destroy it for themselves. There goes my exciting story. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Well, it's now it could be an improvement, you know, a return to newspapers, telegrams. I, I don't know. It could be healthy for us. True. <laughs> True. All right. I actually thought you were going somewhere totally different. We work different in television, world. Nathan. You know, I did see though. Actually, when I saw uh, Outer Space Wars, I saw yesterday NASA was tweeting about uh, that they were looking into and investigating a UFO that was re being reported over the skies in Turkey. Straight up, and they had pictures of it and everything. It looked straight out of uh, uh, some kind of movie. It was insane. One of those shell-like things, like from Arrival. Sure, it wasn't a fake Possibly. news story. Possibly. That was no. a great movie. Na that if NASA was, was reporting it, it was real. So straight up. What was it? Okay. It was Santa Claus. <laughs> Sweet story. <laughs> All right, so this is actually an interesting story. So reports <laughs> coming out about how much Trump's Secret Service is going to cost. It's going to cost $2 million a day, and he's going to have 920 agents protecting him and his family, which is only 80 more than Obama, which is actually, I think, pretty amazing because... Trump has all of his kids, his kids' wives, and all of their grandkids. Because mm -hmm. if Trump's grandkids, because if you think about it, the incentive to like take one of those little kids is pretty high now that the president is actually a billionaire. Right. So now I know that it, it is a lot of money, but I actually give a lot of props to Melania for keeping um, Bo in school. Yeah. For oh. until some or whatever his Baron. name is. Baron. 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 I don't even know the. <laughs> I don't know. The rich kid, um, Richie Rich, he's going to stay there through, you know, to finish the yeah. school year out. I think that's great, personally. Like, he needs to be able to finish instead of, like, switching the kid. I mean, it's a life change for a kid. For, but then he's just going to the switch president. the next year. Huh? Then he'll, no, he'll start in, in D.C. the next year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He has yeah. to switch schools. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious how much he's going to do back and forth between D.C. and New York. So That'll be interesting. Didn't he mention wanting to yeah. stay in Trump want, Tower? Mm -hmm. like, well, to visit Melania and Barron. Well, and the, and the Secret Service may have to rent out a floor? A whole Two floor of Trump Tower. Is that yeah. in your cost? It is in the cost. Is it? That's insane. It's I remember, there's a precedent for that, because I remember when Schwarzenegger became governor, he uh, had to do something similar, because he was constantly going back and forth to his house in, in uh, L.A. and going to Sacramento. But Interesting. Anyway, it was just crazy. That, yeah, there was a whole thing in the L.A. Times about how it was just a huge ex you know, expense, and he had a ton of kids, too. And Nathan, you had a, a quick video you wanted to share today, <clears> Yeah, no you? way to segue into this. There's uh, no way. So we're just <laughs> going to go playing. for it. So this was uh, on Russian reality TV, a reality TV show, um, an ice skating routine, Holocaust-themed. Oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh. This is the wife of... President uh, Putin's spokesman. Oh, that's awkward. And this is apparently a song from the movie Life is Beautiful. Anyone remember that? 1997 oh, yeah, Oscar winner. Yep. Oh, that's um, great movie. She says it's one of her favorite movies. She was paying tribute to it. But people really didn't like it because uh, 
Gosh. Wow. It's, let's get out of that. Let's, 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 let's end it on a better note. Let's, Jason, let's get into prayer pray. quickly. Yes, yeah, quickly. <laughs> Heavenly Father, I want to thank you uh, for the time we've had today to uh, take a look at the world and uh, see it uh, as you have made it and uh, see what uh, we can do to, um, to talk about the issues, uh, Lord, that you think are, uh, are most uh, relevant and um, for us to do it in a manner that's pleasing to you. Father, we thank you so much for um, all of our blessings, and we ask that you help us to uh, give you all the glory. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Uh, make sure you look, at, uh, look out for History on Tuesday and uh, The Vault on Wednesday. We've got a lot of good stuff for you coming. From Dallas, good night, America. The key to having a great day starts with having a great night's sleep, and I know because I have a Casper mattress. The Casper mattress was invented with two high-tech foams that give you all of the support that you need and guarantee that you get the best night's sleep ever. Time Magazine named Casper Mattress one of the best inventions of 2015. Casper ships for free in a box so small you won't believe it holds the actual mattress, making it simple to get from your front door to your bedroom. And you try it for 100 nights risk-free. They'll come and pick it up if you don't love it as much as I love mine, and they'll refund every single dime. Once you try it, you're never going to want to sleep on anything else. Having a great day by having a great night's sleep, casper.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn, $50 off the purchase of your mattress at casper.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. Don't forget, $50 off the purchase of your mattress, casper.com slash Glenn. Terms and conditions do apply.